It is The Difference, a podcast that sits at the intersection of politics and economics. I'm the political guy, Dan O'Donnell. The economic guy is Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex. And perhaps, Dave, since we've started this podcast, never before has that intersection been more enmeshed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we obviously have dealt with uh, not a, a global recession, but an inflation crisis, yes. I think, you could call. We, we did obviously have the recession in uh, 2020 after the COVID-19 lockdowns, the long-awaited recession of 2022, 2023, 2024. We can just keep pushing this sucker out right until the 30s. Forget about it. It's the roaring 20s. But right now, we're talking about global instability, which I think has no chance of leading to a broader conflict and what some might hyperbolically describe as World War III, but yeah, I, I don't think so. No, I mean, I you've got American carrier groups, Chinese warships all headed to the region. It, it seems like the the world is just teetering on the knife's edge. Yeah, and you talk about really what's happening uh, in Israel, and you've got these two carrier strike groups going over there, and this, this is for real. I mean, there's, you know, when you talk about these flat tops, these carriers, you know, she's accompanied by another seven, eight ships and maybe a submarine or two and all the airplanes, and there's two of them over there. So there is no question that there's a show of force, and hopefully that is something that works, and, and hopefully Israel is going to do what they're going to do and be done, and then we can move on. Maybe the Pollyanna-ish way to look at it, but as you point out, there's no question that you look at what's happening with Russia and Ukraine and, of course, China looking in Taiwan, and we are in a perilous time. You have to make this argument of, all right, is there a wall of worry? But what's on the positive side? And so there are some positives, too, and that's really what we're trying to balance. Otherwise, you would just sell everything and, again, put it in cash. That's not what we're doing. No, and, and nobody is saying that it is something that we should be doing because, frankly, it isn't. There always needs to be a plan, and there always needs to be, I think, uh, I don't know how to put it, not disassociation, but uh, to take a step back. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. to, to say, look, the world isn't going to end. And I know, and I don't want to be accused of stoking fears of World War III or anything like that. I'm just saying this is the sort of thing that has. Uh, policymakers across the globe very, very, very concerned. It's the same way in, in investing. Prepare for the worst and hope for the best, right? And I think that's the same thing that we do in portfolios. It's the same thing that global leaders are doing. And, and, and I don't see it getting too much better. But you can go all the way back to World War II and say, have we crawled the wall of worry? Has the economy grown? Has GDP grown in this country year after year? And it does. Now, are there going to be hiccups? Of course there are. Will there be a recession? Eventually, right? How you prepare mm-hmm. for that is is really something that we have to watch. And, of course, you talk about geopolitical and political issues. As we go into it, as we sit here, there's not a leader of the House. There's an election coming up. There's no question that that causes uncertainty in the markets. Yeah. And that's the sort of uncertainty that we tend to fear, but there is still always opportunity in that. And I don't want to sound craven, like we're going to be profiting off of well, the possibility no, of global but energy, war. But, I mean, energy, well, yeah, no certainly. question. I mean, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, your energy stocks, folks, and your portfolios, 
they're going, they're they're doing well. And 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 by the way, if Iran really gets involved even more than they're obviously involved and cuts off the Straits of Hormuz, right, that's a choke point. You know, 40 to 50 percent of the oil going through there, that could really spike energy prices. Now, that's a percentage of people's portfolios. There's no question about that. But so are defense stocks and so is technology all could be beneficiaries of global uncertainty. That does sound quite craven if you think about it, but you have to prepare your portfolio in the event that any of these things happen. Right. And that's why we always encourage you to head to AnnexWealth.com. Get yourself a free wealth metric. It's a review of your portfolio, and it is absolutely free. AnnexWealth.com. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, GDP. Mm-hmm. Because we had a year-end uh, Q, or excuse me, fiscal year-end, and we're also looking at quarter three of the calendar year 2023. I know it's the fiscal year versus the right. calendar year, whatever. Right. Right. Uh, what was your big takeaway from the uh, fiscal year 2023? Well, you look at really uh, positive growth, and, and you look at, more importantly, what's coming down the pike, because that's looking backwards. And there's the Fed from Atlanta that everyone looks at, and that Atlanta Fed forecast at 5%. Yeah. I mean, that's just nuts that we're there because, as everybody knows, the definition, well, I should say, the the widely accepted definition of a recession is two back-to-back quarters of GDP, unless, of course, you want to change the definition. <laughs> right. But so, so but no one would ever no, do that, no, would they? No, no, of course not. Right. So you look at that and say, all right, we have a growing economy. Why do we have a growing economy? Because employment is staying strong. And so if you're a tool dye manufacturer you know, somewhere and you go, I'm not going to turn down that order. I'm going to take that order. I'm going to try to find someone to help me fill that order, whatever it is. And so companies continue to do that. They have to pay more. It's probably hurting their profitability. But employment remains strong. It's probably a, a bigger question. It's more of a global question. Talk about legal immigration. Talk about education reform. That all goes into this and say, how do we continue to have enough employees to fill the jobs? Because if you look at the scale, it really continues to be an issue. But strong employment is showing GDP growth. So that's what I see out of this is, is we're continuing to grow. Now, Will the Fed slow it down? I mean, 8% mortgages generally do that. Yeah, as well as 21% increases in the cost of pretty much everything. I mean, that's the thing that really is sort of lost in this. We sort of have this idea in our heads that inflation is a thing of the past. And obviously, this is for political reasons. And Mm now, you know, my world, the, the political media is all focused on international affairs. But if you ask someone what they're most concerned about, it's the fact that their dollar just does not go as far as it did right. as recently as, oh, let's just put a random date on it. Shall we, Dave? Let's just put <laughs> I, I, January, I can guess what you're going to say. January 19th, 2021. Just a <laughs> random date. I just picked it out of the blue. Uh, but if you go back to, and and we have documented on this show, on the radio, how policy decisions and unnecessary stimulus combined with just a a massive ramp up in government spending has led to an inflationary environment that we just haven't seen in 40 years. This is the big thing that is causing people to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe I can't retire. 
maybe I do need to take a second job. And I'm trying to think, I, I'm not sure if it was CNBC, I did see a statistic that a whole lot of these jobs that are being created are people engaging in the gig economy. They're mm -hmm. taking on second jobs because all of a sudden their lives are far more expensive than they were just a few short years ago. People have to remember that inflation generally is rate of change, and people forget that. But as you say, you, you know, you can look at just Social Security gains over the last couple of years. It is up 15 to 20 percent in the last couple of years. So inflation, there's no question that it has expanded. Why? As you pointed out, policy decisions on two fronts. One, on the fiscal side, there was no question there was trillions of dollars that was pushed into the economy. Secondarily, monetary policy. And so the, what the Fed did, continue to buy mortgage-backed bonds well into the expansion of a real estate market, which they did not need to do. And so the combination of fiscal and monetary created a loose money policy, created extra cash into the economy, and that's part of what was going on, as well as supply chains and everything else. But inflation was up. Will the rate of change slow down from what was 9% down to 3%? Pretty obvious that that's what's yeah. happening. Right. But that doesn't mean it's getting cheaper. I mean, it's no. not going back down. It's just the rate of change is only going to go up 3%. That's versus 9 we're, that's it. That's it exactly. We're not seeing. We're we're seeing essentially. I've been talking about this forever. We're not seeing prices come down because obviously we're nowhere near negative inflation. Right. And even if we did see negative inflation, you're still up two year over two year. I, I don't even think you should do year over year. But I've been talking for a long time. At some point. Prices will get almost as high as they possibly can before demand just plummets, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is pretty much basic economics. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing inflation sort of fold in on itself as producers and retailers realize, well, uh, someone's only going to pay X amount of dollars for a bar of soap. Therefore, we have to, and we saw this especially in the tech industry, we have to cut costs in other ways because we can't continue to pass on the increased costs of production to the consumer. Otherwise, the consumer just goes away. We're seeing that. Well, That's but, but, why but year there's over the, year. There's the replacement theory, right? So people hopefully don't stop buying soap and toothpaste, but there's the replacement theory, and they'll, they'll buy something cheaper. They'll, they'll right. look to save somewhere else. They'll maybe go out to dinner less often. All of well, these things I, are the replacement theory. I can tell you something. Now, this might shock you no. as no, a <laughs> very successful and obviously quite wealthy radio talk show and, host. And handsome and smart. And handsome. Yes, handsome, smart, debonair, if you will. <laughs> modest, uh, modest. Modest, yeah. Yes. That's my. That is. I am. I am so modest and humble. In fact, I am more modest and humble than anyone you possibly know, Dave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Obviously, uh, I, I go to Dollar Tree for stuff. I <laughs> that does shock me. That does uh, shock yeah, me. It's, uh, I I like speed to stick people, deodorant. Do people watch or to actually shop? No, to actually shop. Okay. Uh, like just to get. Um, I like the shaving gel. This is very okay. weird. Yeah. Uh, my favorite shaving gel is the Dollar Tree brand. I nice. use in the shower. I just I like it. Mm -hmm. And I'm allergic to a whole lot of, for whatever reason, I get rashes to a whole lot of deodorants. And the one that I don't is Speed Stick. So I get my deodorant. I get and I like uh, Irish Spring bar soap. I'm one of the few human beings that still uses a bar of soap. Everyone in my family laughs at me. I like Irish Spring, so I get that sort of stuff at Dollar Tree. 
you can't get a cheaper replacement for, say, a $6 stick of deodorant than a dollar stick of deodorant. What did Dollar Tree have to do to great fanfare mm. a couple of years ago? $2. They raised it's $1.25, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now they actually have stuff they're experimenting with. $2 items, $5 items, $3 items, because they're realizing that even they, and I'm a big fan of them, even though it's, I'm taking it, you've never been in a Dollar Tree over the past, like, no, but that doesn't no, mean, I'm not have. above that, I mean, I, you, I'm going to, you I'm going one to, percenter. you got to, they, <laughs> they, they, it's, it's remarkable. It doesn't matter how many people are working in the Dollar Tree, they will only open one register. You have to have people lined up like it's uh, for a Taylor Swift concert. It's like you have to have a line like it's Space Mountain for them to open up a second uh, Dan Danny second Clayton, register. Danny Clayton, get my driver to take me to the Dollar Tree. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe have Jeeves uh, get you some. No, so. My point is that I love Dollar Tree. I love it. I love it because it's some of the stuff I get. I just kind of go there and like candy for the kids or something like that or whatever. But even they have been forced to raise their prices it, to, to keep up with the cost of production, the cost of sure. uh, transporting and, and, and warehousing all of the stuff that they have. I mean, it's... It's something that we really can't get away from, and that is the massive increase in a very short amount of time that is now accompanied by sky-high interest rates. Yep. I mean, this is, at some point, something has got to give. Yeah, there's no question. The intent is there. The Fed raised interest rates on purpose to slow down the economy. There's just no question, and that's why they're doing that. Do they do it until it breaks is really the only question, right? And as you just said, until something breaks. Will the Fed break something? Historically, they have. Historically, they were late. You know, they started the fire and they were late to put it out that maybe they're going to break something, and that's what we're going to have to watch. So there's a lot of scary stuff going on in between you know, uh, you know, Uncle Fester and Lurch, you know, coming down the road here. Lots of scary stuff, but you, there is a way to get through this. We will make it through this. Uh, no question about it. Make sure that you understand your portfolio, that you get it from a fee-only fiduciary. That is really uh, a difference maker, that you, know, you find someone who is aligned with you. All of these things are what Annex Wealth Management does. And that's why you need to head to AnnexWealth.com for a review of your portfolio. It is a wealth metric. It's free. And it is available at AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex and New Dollar Tree devotee, yes, sir. Dave Spano, I'm Dan O'Donnell, Dollar Tree superfan, saying thanks so much for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.